0: Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required.
1: Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, your host of Speaking of Travel. I'm here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, on location at the Travel South USA Showcase. This place is packed with travel professionals from all over the South who are leading the industry in collaboration, working together, and helping the travel industry in so many ways. I just sat in on a wonderful storytelling uh, session with Larry Blyberg, and Larry, I'm going to let you talk a little bit about yourself.
2: Well, I am a um, freelance writer, but I'm a former travel editor for the Dallas Morning News and Coastal Living magazine. And I um, I kind of take a different approach to travel stories, I guess you could say. That's what we were talking about today. I can talk more about my background, but I think that the um, the fun stuff is are the stories.
1: Well, there are so many stories, and you were talking about... Um, going out and finding the unique selling proposition. What makes uh, the area special? What can you find? What can you dig up uh, that's out there? Tell us a little bit more about uh, going to a new place and looking for stories that are
2: a little bit under the radar. Well, that's exactly what it is. It is under the radar. I'm looking for travel stories that don't even look like travel stories. They're not going to be marketed as such. And uh, it's things that are unexpected that maybe everybody knows and they don't think about or everybody's forgotten about. And what does that mean? I can give an example. Um, Wilmington, North Carolina is a beautiful historic town. They've got wonderful beaches. But the reason I went there years ago was to write about the Venus flytrap, which Most people don't realize all the Venus flytraps in the world grow within um, a few miles of Wilmington, North Carolina. So to me, it's an incredible environmental trip. It's It's an exciting trip. And who doesn't love carnivorous plants? It was a fun story to write, and I think it was a fun story to read.
1: Well, Larry, let me ask you this. You've been traveling for a long time. When you were a kid, did you grow up traveling with your family?
2: The funny story is I think people involved in the travel industry have one of two backgrounds. They either were um, traveling all the time, their parents may have been working overseas, they were army brats, they were um, you know, going to Europe, they were on planes, or the alternative is they never traveled. My entire travel history, I didn't get on a plane till I was 17, was going up and down Interstate 95 to see my Aunt Zelda in northern New Jersey. And I think what happened is that there such, was such a built-up hunger and wanderlust that as soon as I had the chance to go out and see the country, see the world, see anything else, I just jumped at it. And I've been, been moving ever since, I guess.
1: Well, you have been moving ever since. and. I want to talk a little bit about um, just, you know, a lot of people think, well, I can't really travel, I don't have the money, I don't have the resources, I don't have the time, it's a little bit scary, I'm not uh, fluent in another language. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about uh, what you have found in your travels as far as meeting people from other cultures and what that travel wanderlust is about and why somebody should step out and and try something new
2: oh my goodness that could be my life story there or my life ambition I think there are a few things to think about Um, it is anything that you haven't done before is intimidating but I think travel is there's so many rewards to it and the things that you are scared about are actually where the rewards lie That not knowing people or knowing the language, that's a way to get to meet people, to go out, to stick your your neck out. Um, I I think the saying is that God looks after fools and little children. I'm not a little child anymore, so I must be (laughs) the former, but I have found that when you go out into the world or into the country with an open attitude and an engaging, and a will to engage, an interest in engaging with people. Um, the world just comes knocking at your door. There, people are there to help you. I, I, you know, there's every traveler has hundreds of stories like this. I remember being in a city in China, just scratching my head, looking at a um, a subway map, having no clue how I was going to make it back to my hotel. And this, you know, a young Chinese woman looked at me, kind of shook her head and took me by the hand, took me to the map, had me point to where I was going. And she even tried to buy my subway ticket. And I didn't let her do that. But, you know, just people take you take you in and, and people give you the benefit of the doubt. Um, I think an important thing is not to take advantage of that. But you can... The world is a very engaging and opening place if you give it a chance to be. And I think you will you will never cease to be amazed by how and the different ways that the world can open up to you.
1: Well, that is so good to hear because in today's world, there's so much noise and we hear... Uh People are not like us, that they're different, that perhaps we should be uh, fearful of them. Have you found in your travels that the people that you meet, the people like this woman in China uh, who are willing to help, are people... Just like us, they have similar, uh, they want to raise their families, have a roof over their heads. Do you find that overall in the, in the bigger
2: scope of the world that people are people wherever you go? Oh, my goodness. I think you've just covered it. I am, I'm going to knock on wood here, but I've never had an example, an experience to the contrary. And sometimes, what's going on? You have things going on in your own head that you need to get past. I remember I was in Cuba, in Havana once, and I was out strolling old Havana at night, and I saw this um, dark street with these people sort of lurking in the street, and it was in every. It looked like one of those alleys out of a movie. Like you don't go down here, you know. This is this is danger awaits. and you know and in every instinct that I had said, "You should not go down this alley, so of course, I turned down the alley and and I saw these people hanging out on bench on you know stoops, front stoops, and I saw um, you know people were starting to look at me a little bit, and I thought, "What is this? Is this like a drug area? Is this like a sex trafficking area?" And then I noticed that there were children there, and then there were older people, and one kid came up and gave me a high five. And then I realized that what I'd been scared of, what looked so intimidating, was just what happened on a Tuesday night in Havana when there wasn't air conditioning. People were just standing, sitting out in the street and chatting with neighbors, and it was actually a wonderful, warm, and embracing place. So the only danger was made up and in my mind, and it was a wonderful—it's a memory that will stick with me forever.
1: Well, I really appreciate that because I want my listeners to certainly understand that the world is a big place. We can get out there. We can we can take a risk, take a chance, do something different. And I like to remind people too that traveling to foreign countries across the ocean, those are big trips. But traveling domestically, just like you were saying, going to your aunt Zelda's, you know, in the car with, you know, with your family, uh, that's traveling, and that changes people. And and there are other cultures right here in our own backyard.
2: Well, I'm never going to tell people not to go to the other side of the world because I love doing that. But I also do want to stress that there's a lot to see right here at home. You know, we have 50 states, and I was talking to a friend just last night who, like most people, had never been to North Dakota. Fun fact: it's the least visited state, and um, and you don't stumble onto North Dakota; you need to go look for North Dakota. But I and I did that. I went. And I went to the far western edge, to Theodore Roosevelt National Park, and it's an area where the Badlands are just as bad as the Badlands of South Dakota. There's incredible history there where Theodore Roosevelt sort of had his moment of coming of age, if you would, after he had some tragedy in his life. And it's stunning landscape. And for anybody that's sitting in traffic now or hat, knows what it's like or is dreading to sit in traffic in in congested big cities there's a big wide open country out there and it's very embracing and it's it'll it can change your whole mindset and change your whole the the way that you look at your day and you look at your life and can really shift it and you don't sure it's fun to go to nepal and i would tell everyone to go there but it's also you know important to go to indiana too um and obvious so speaking to your point obviously you should get out and go. There's really, in my mind, there's no excuse not to go anywhere, even if it's just in your backyard or in your home state. There are plenty of places to go and explore. So Larry,
1: can you give us one of your favorite and maybe low-key travel tips? Just something that might come to mind that we could use as we take
2: our journeys? (laughs) Well, this is going to sound counterintuitive, and I'm not going to tell you to um, call to double-check about your reservation or get TSA pre-check or don't pack your keys in your luggage. You've heard all that. You know that. You, if not, those are good tips, but those are, those are extras for you. My tip that I give people, because, and I need to learn to follow it myself, is that before you go somewhere, go online and check the weather. And here's the key point. That's an easy point. Check the weather and then believe it. Actually accept that even though you're wearing a jacket now, you can be wearing a swimsuit tomorrow. Or on the flip side, even if you're wearing a swimsuit now, you may need a jacket tomorrow. Don't think that it's just some fluke out there that there are much different numbers on the temperature gauge than what you have at home. So see those, uh, check the weather and pack accordingly.
1: Well, Larry, thank you so much for taking the time here at Travel South USA and Myrtle Beach. And is there a way that we can get in touch with you, that we can find out, follow you, get more information about what you're doing?
2: Oh, sure. Thank you. Well, my website um, is Larry Blyberg. That's Larry, B-L-E-I b e r g larry Blyberg.com, and i have some of my articles there but i'm active on facebook and instagram and twitter and my handle for all three is just l blyberg l b l e i b e r g and i'd love to hear from folks because um they're great travel stories and adventures out there and if you have some i want to hear about them
1: well larry thank you so much this is marilyn ball i'm here in myrtle beach i'll be back Hi, it's Marilyn Ball. I am back at the Travel South USA Showcase here in Myrtle Beach. And I'll tell you, it is bustling here in the showcase. There's just so much going on in the collaboration of all of these travel and tourism professionals working together is awesome and i'm here right now in booth 317 from bargetown kentucky and i'm talking to mike Manchet. and mike why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what
0: you do well, thank you. I appreciate being on the, the program. Uh, I'm the executive director of the Bardstown-Nelson County Tourism Commission. Bardstown is located about 35 miles south of Louisville, Kentucky. We're about only about 60 miles southwest of Lexington, so we're kind of right in the middle. Uh, Bardstown's claim to fame, we're a very small town, about t- town of about 14,000 people, but we are the bourbon capital of the world. Um, currently, there are Nearly 3 million barrels of bourbon aging in our county. It's one-third of the current bourbon supply in the world. Uh, Within our small downtown, within 20 miles, we have 10 distilleries, everything from the big boys like Jim Beam and Maker's Mark, Heaven Hill, and Barton, down to small craft distilleries like Willett and Preservation, among others. So uh, a lot going on. Uh, We're also the home to Mile Kentucky Home State Park, which is the inspiration for the Stephen Foster song that everyone sings before the Kentucky Derby.
1: Which is my old Kentucky home.
0: That's correct. That's correct. So, um, you know, just uh, we're named the most beautiful small town in America a few years back by USA and ran, today in Rand McNally. So there's a lot to offer in a, in a very small town.
1: Well, you know, I, I was telling you. I have not spent much time in Kentucky, and living in Nashville, it's not that far. So people need to know what's going on over there.
0: Absolutely, and the thing about Kentucky that most people don't realize, where we're located, we're within a day's drive of two-thirds of the U.S. population. Um, And I'm two hours north of Nashville. I'm two hours south of Cincinnati, about probably two and a half three hours to indianapolis maybe five to st louis so a uh, very easy day's drive to come in and not just to barstown but to kentucky in general uh and and uh C- kentucky has so much to offer um i've always said that the only thing kentucky doesn't have is an ocean uh, however we do have more coastline than florida which shocks people and uh we can get into that later but uh there's a whole lot to offer and uh you know the other thing that that when you come to the to the Commonwealth is our people are so friendly and and hospitable it it truly is um, a a part of our culture and our heritage Uh, a friend of mine from Lexington likes to call Kentucky the front porch to the south and and I think that's a, a great way of describing it
1: well, I can tell you, I'm ready to come sit on that front porch and uh, and, have a bourbon. and drink some of this bourbon. I'll tell you, I, I, at the luncheon you did the Kentucky luncheon and just such a wonderful film and documentary about the history of bourbon. It's it's part of the heritage and the culture uh, of that state.
0: Oh, absolutely, it is, and and uh, you know most people actually think bourbon has to come from Kentucky. That's how ingrained it is. Um, and, and as you heard, we make ninety five percent of all the bourbon in the world. Um, the other five percent, eh? It's okay. <laughs> I'll put it that way. But it really is. I mean, it, literally in Bardstown, for example, uh, Jim Beam was a real person. Jim Beam started his distillery back up after Prohibition in about 120 days. Uh, but the house that Jim Beam lived in is still in downtown. His great grandson, who is the current master distiller, still lives there. And next door to him is his son, who will be the future master distiller. Uh, the Samuel's family, family from Makers Mark grew up in Bardstown and. Really, the interconnection and the collaboration, even though they're competitors in the marketplace, the bourbons they work together. Um, it's been a huge boon for tourism in the state. Um, uh, you know, the, the the development of the Kentucky Bourbon Trail and other other. Um, Developments around bourbon that have come up—the culinary aspect of it now, with 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 uh, the incorporation of bourbon—it really is more of a lifestyle than a product. Uh, as you said, you know, it's it's it doesn't really matter how you drink your bourbon. A lot of people think, "Oh, I don't like that because you have to drink it straight." No, drink it however you want. And the distilleries will be the first ones to tell you that they don't care how you how you drink it; just drink it. But uh, it really is. It, it, it's just uh, it is truly ingrained throughout Kentucky, but really the central part, and, and, and we're ground zero being in Bardstown for that.
1: Well, you're talking about collaboration, and I love that. You know, in in Western North Carolina, we have so many breweries, mm-hmm. and they all share. It, that's what makes it so special. Is that it's an industry where everybody is working together. Tell us a little bit about uh, your association with Travel South and this showcase right now because there's a lot of collaboration going on with the tourism industry. And how does that affect you getting your message out?
0: Uh, that's a great question. The, the good thing about Travel South, I've been involved with Travel South both at the board level when I was state commissioner of travel and now on the local level here. Um, and the great thing on the collaboration side of it is uh, we work very well regionally. Our distilleries, when when someone finishes um, uh, one tour, they'll recommend another one. But, but the great thing about Travel South and this showcase specifically is the tour operators that are coming here are interested in the south. They've been very well vetted. Uh, you're going to do business here. It's it's not. You, you, you'll get some, of course, some I knew that may not, you know, really know much about your state or about the South, but they're interested at least. A lot of these other shows that you go to, it's just kind of mix and match, and you know, within about 15 seconds, okay, this isn't going to go anywhere. I, you know, I've got 45 appointments, I think, during the the next two days. Um, and it's, it's fantastic because it, when they come in and sit down, I know they have an interest in us. I know, um, you know, we try to work with them on if they're going to Nashville. You know, I talked about our location, how they can swing up here. And there are many times I'll look around here at some of my friends from Kentucky and say, you know, you could pair us with a Georgetown or Scott County or Lexington or Louisville or, or really any of the others. And um, we work very well together. And I think to be successful in tourism, you have to do that. Travelers don't see state lines, they don't see county lines, uh, they just want the experience. And uh, for a small community like Bardstown, I think we have great experiences. But if I can supplement my experience with something from somebody a few miles away, it just makes for a greater experience. But, but Travel South gives us the opportunities not just to collaborate here, but collaborate with other states. You know, reconnect with friends and who may have moved on and are now at a new part. And is there a way to, to send business to one another? So that's, uh, to me, it's one of the best shows out there.
1: Well, thank you so much for being on Speaking of Travel. And how can people find out more about, about you and, and where you are?
0: Uh, go to visitbartstown.com, and uh, you'll see everything there is to do in the bourbon capital of the world. And I hope you come see us soon.
1: Well, I can tell you, I am totally on that trail. I will be there sooner than later. In fact, I think I might take one of these little bottles out to the beach with me right it won't now. It will be a problem
0: at all. We'll make
1: more. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, Mike. This is Marilyn Ball. We'll be right back. This is Marilyn Ball. I'm back at the Travel South USA Showcase here in beautiful Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. But I'm sitting here talking with Whit Tuttle, who is from North Carolina, my my home state. Whit, it is great to see you.
3: Thanks. Happy to be here and uh, glad to be in the Carolinas, at least.
1: It is great to be in the Carolinas. Now, South Carolina is awesome, but North Carolina, come on, we've got some things going on, right?
3: There you go, exactly. You know, we're the sixth most visited state in the country, so we think like to think we're the Carolina that's on top.
1: Well, there you go. That's <laughs> always my favorite. So, so, Whit, you, tell us a little bit about what you do for North Carolina.
3: Sure. I'm the state tourism director for what we call Visit NC, uh, and we're the state tourism office. We're part of the Economic Development Partnership of North Carolina because in North Carolina we see tourism as economic development uh, and the jobs it brings, $24 billion in spending, more than 200,000 people in the state employed in the industry. So so our job is to help uh, counties throughout the state, local areas, to help market themselves, to extend their message uh, without a lot of dollars. You know, most of our attractions in North Carolina uh, don't advertise themselves. They're natural. They're federal parks, national parks, state parks beautiful outdoor uh, natural areas but they don't have advertising budgets so we try and help the locals to get that message out there.
1: Well I know that North Carolina has a long history of cooperation collaboration and leveraging Uh, that says a lot about the way the state looks out for its people.
3: Oh yeah I've been in tourism 27 years in a couple of different states and uh, nobody really does it like North Carolina everybody bonds together and it's really a great great partnership that we have.
1: Well, speaking of partnerships, let's talk a little bit about Travel South USA because you've been on their board. In fact, were you the board president for a while?
3: Yes, I'm the uh past chair, I guess, is my official title. The uh, deposed king, as I like to say. But uh, Travel South is really important to us, particularly when it comes to marketing to international visitors. Uh, You know, that's a huge potential market for for North Carolina and the other states throughout the South uh, to get these international visitors to come here. Uh, But we all don't have a lot of money to spend on them. Um, And what we've noticed is when they come here, much like when we go internationally, they don't just go to one state. So they're not coming here for North Carolina or South Carolina or Georgia, necessarily, they're coming to see the South. And so we've uh, used Travel South to be able to pull together and market ourselves as the South to encourage those uh, those tour operators to bring those visitors here, uh, and it allows us to really extend our reach and, and save a lot of money.
1: Well, that makes a big difference in the way that we can all save money, leverage, and let's talk a little about the uh, camaraderie that you find here with this organization.
3: Oh, it's really great. You know, it's funny... um you wouldn't think you'd be able to work with South Carolina and North Carolina and states, and we're different budgets. But, you know, we all have enough similarities and we're very common. And, you know, we don't have Florida in this group. Florida is a different beast. I like to say it's not really the South, it's South of the South. Um, so, you know, we all share a lot of things that we can pull together, but we all have enough unique things that differentiate us and we can focus on that. We can celebrate the commonalities, but highlight the individualness of our areas. Uh, and it really works and it works well. And and we've been doing it for years now.
1: And so tell me a little bit about when you come to a, a conference like this at Travel South USA, this is a showcase. What it what exactly is going on here?
3: Yeah, so this, in the domestic showcase here, we're meeting with a lot of tour operators and travel writers. So we're trying to get into their programs, the packages that they offer. And the great thing about it is because we've worked together, we can offer multi-state itineraries. We actually got those ideas from the tour operators themselves because they kept asking us for multi-state itineraries. And then, you know, we stopped banging our heads together and said, well, gosh, why don't we work together? If that, Give them what they want. Uh, And so, you know, we bring a lot of the tour operators and the travel riders in beforehand. They do multi-state trips. They get out and actually see the product. Then they come here for the show, and we have a lot of specific meetings with them. And we've brought more than 30 partners from North Carolina who come and uh, can talk about setting up ticket packages, giving group discounts, what the motor coach driver can do, where they can park, all those different things that are really important, behind-the-scenes things that make those trips go so well when people get on a bus and do a group
1: Well, you know, nobody really thinks about the behind the scenes everybody's thinking oh i'm getting on a bus and i'm going to this destination but it really takes a lot of coordination and a lot of work
3: oh exactly and the ones that are planned the best are the ones where you don't think about it because it all goes so smoothly but it won't go smoothly unless those tour operators come here and meet with our attractions with our hotels and lodging and get all that stuff worked out behind the scenes before it happens and that's where it happens this is where the magic happens and then everybody has a great trip later on in the year
1: so, Whit, what do you think is the future of Travel South USA? I know today they announced a, a collaboration with Southeast Tourism Society. How do you see
3: the future
1: of the tourism industry uh, going?
3: Yeah, well, I'm really excited because we've really got these two great Extensions of our marketing efforts. One is Travel South, and one is the Southeastern Tourism Society, STS. Uh, And we've really, finally, I think, now got them working together where they're really coordinated. It's like a left hand and a right hand working together. And there are a lot of things we need to do now. What I think is going to happen now is Travel, uh, STS is going to take the domestic showcase, which is for group tour operators, and incorporate into what they do. And what they do is more than just the show buying. They do a lot of educational work. Uh, They do advocacy for us and a lot of those important things primarily in the domestic markets, uh, to get those domestic travelers. This is going to free up Travel South to be able to focus on its international showcase, and we do a global partners program where we share representative offices in, in other countries, and we do missions, and so this will allow Travel South to go after that international um, spotlight and really focus on the marketing, whereas STS can continue to do the advocacy and the education it does. Uh, it does a marketing college program that's outstanding. They can continue to do that, and also continue to work with the domestic market on the tour operators
1: so there 's really go- there 's so much going on, and it seems like it 's all positive.
3: Oh, there is. There is. And it's really too much for any one organization. And so we've been able to help split the load between these two groups that really help everyone throughout the South. And it helps a lot of the little uh, places that don't have a lot of resources. They can get education, they can get advocacy, uh, and they can do marketing and they can meet with the tour operators. So we're helping the little guys and the big ones as well.
1: Well, you know, what I've been in travel and tourism myself for going on 25 years, and I have to say that North Carolina has always been a leader uh, in the industry, especially in collaboration. And I just want to thank you because you're continuing to do that.
3: Sure, and that was my goal as, uh, when I was chair of Travel South was to get this together and get us working together as smooth and, and as we can because we really need to do it to be more efficient.
1: Well, efficiency is definitely the key. Witt Tuttle, thank you so much. Uh, I love talking to you. I love hearing about our state of North Carolina and appreciate all the work that you're doing.
3: Thanks. we got a lot of great stuff going on. Go to VisitNC.com and you'll find out more. Will do. Well, thanks. This is Marilyn Ball. We'll be back.
4: And down south to the land of the pines. I'm thumbing my way into North Carolina. Staring up the road to god i see headlights i made it down the coast in 17 hours picking me a bouquet of dogwood flowers and i'm hoping for rally i can see my baby tonight so rock me mama like a wagon wheel right?
1: Marilyn Ball. I am back. I'm here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. It is so beautiful. I can't wait to get out. Get on the beach, do a little walking, and uh, here for the Travel South USA showcase. And I'm here right now with Dwayne Parrish. He's a director of South Carolina Parks and Tourism and also the co host of this domestic showcase. Dwayne, it is so nice to meet you and have you on the show.
5: Thank you, Marilyn. Happy to be here. You're in a wonderful spot.
1: Well, thanks. And Dwayne. Tell me a little bit about what you do for South Carolina.
5: Sure. I was appointed by Governor Haley in 2011, the director of South Carolina Parks, Recreation, and Tourism. And so I have been uh, blessed to be in this position, uh, promoting what I believe is the greatest product in, this, in the country. And that's the state of South Carolina. It's one of the many wonderful attributes we have from the mountains to the sea and which you're enjoying here at Myrtle Beach today.
1: So, Duane, what is your affiliation here with Travel South
5: USA? Sure. I'm actually vice chairman. Travel South is a group of 12 states in the southeast, basically promoting the southeast both domestically and internationally. And particularly important from an international standpoint because they come to regions in multiple states. So travel South is banded together to sort of pool ourselves uh, as one product in the Southeast, if you will. Um, we meet uh, here. This is our domestic showcase geared to the group tra- travel market, and then we have an international showcase in the fall that meets to cater toward the to the international market. And so, um, been involved with this just, since I started with, in 2011, and. Uh, it is probably the most effective regional marketing group, multi-state regional marketing group in the country in terms of promoting sections of the United States.
1: So you've been doing that for quite a long time, and I'm sure you've seen a lot of success in the way that everybody leverages their time, their energy, their, their dollars, which, you know, are always far and few in between. How do you see that working for the good of the entire industry?
5: Sure. Well, in the 12 states we have are not the large states, like Florida is not one, for example. But we don't have the, particularly from an international standpoint, don't have the budgeting funds of a California or a New York or a Texas. So we basically pool ourselves together, not only as regions, but also our, our resources of funding and promotion and promote the region the south as a whole. You know, if you look at, look at the trend today in the United States of culture, in the terms of food in the terms of music, and it 's really the Southeast is sort of leading the way in many respects and We have all that right here in the South, I and mean, we have some probably the highest number of James Beard recipients uh, in, in food in in the southeast outside of New York. Um, you know p- places like Nashville and New Orleans, and Charleston are all phenomenal food, food destinations now, and a number of food festivals popping up. Food is the reason people travel today, and the South fits in that very well, both nationally both domestically and internationally. And then in regard to, um, you know, why else the outdoor adventure, the time of year, the weather, the southern hospitality that we're known for, all great reasons to come here. So that's what we're here, seeing, essentially selling that to, to the group tour market now and the fall to the international market.
1: Well, that is, uh, you know, it it's just always so refreshing when you hear about organizations that are collaborating, that are leveraging, and making a difference in how we can create a travel experience for anybody who wants to step out and and take a trip.
5: Sure, very much so. And I've always said visitors don't care about borders. They really don't, and we. so as state tourism directors, we shouldn't either. And, and quite frankly, you know, there's just a, there's a great experience about North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia, and they're all unique and they're very different, but people like to see all of that. Um, if you look at, I mentioned Nashville, New Orleans, and Charleston earlier, three different states, but three wonderful destinations known for different things, but great, great places to go and visit. And then all the great things in between. There's so much the South has to offer. Um, yes, it requires a little more car travel, but there's that, you know that, that saying about, you know, you put a little gravel in my travel and that's what some of the southeast is
1: all right so let's do a little shameless self-promotion here tell me about south carolina and what makes south carolina so great
5: Sure. well you know we're a fairly small state about five million people shaped like a triangle but there's a lot inside of our small state basically we have the baselines the blue ridge mountains We we have the highway 11 which is the cherokee foothills trail much like a coastal highway but at the base of the mountains and then all the way from everything from the mountains all the way down to the sea along the, grand, the 90 miles of the Grand Strand here in Myrtle Beach, where we are now, Further south to Charleston, then down to Hilton Head. Wonderful destinations, all very different, different beaches, different things to see, different types of foods to enjoy. But also in between the wonderful things, the equestrian areas of Aiken and Camden, Um, other smaller coastal destinations like Beaufort and Georgetown. All those are wonderful places throughout our state. So from a tourism perspective and from a traveling perspective, there's a lot to see and do in our state. We have Carowinds at the state line with North Carolina, one of the most wonderful, um, quite frankly, attraction or amusement parks outside of. outside of florida and so you know you can have you can have that and you know you can do that but one of the most unique things about our state i'll say this so you can in the daylight savings time you can play golf on the ocean in the morning and be in a mountain course in the afternoon and really fundamentally change your golf trip or your vacation destination
1: Well, that is a wonderful state for sure. So let me ask you, Dwayne, where do you see the future of, of travel and tourism like over the next decade? Where do you see the industry going?
5: Sure, I, I look at what 's changed the last ten years to sort of give me a, a snapshot into the next ten years and you think back in terms of the digital, digital marketplace from social media to the way people travel, um, when people book travel, you know the booking window today is much closer people don 't book six months in advance anymore they book sometimes three or four days, depending where they 're going or how long they 're staying but so the dynamics of how people travel, what they want to see when they travel um, twenty years ago. Uh, people really didn't travel for food. I know with my parents, we never went to destination because of food. Today, that's not the case. Food's one of the top reasons people travel. So, how they travel, how they book travel, where they go, and what they want to experience is all is all much more um, more dynamic and changed today. More complex. Probably one of the most things I would tell people though is what people are looking for, and particularly millennials, is looking for authenticity, and they and they're looking for. Um, Uh, They're looking for history, authenticity, um, and being who you are, not try to be something else.
1: Well, South Carolina is one of the most authentic states that I've ever traveled to. And I give that credit to, to you and your team and all the attractions and the hospitality uh, givers out there. And I want to thank you so much for being on Speaking of Travel.
5: Sure. It's a, you know, thank you so much for having me here and what a great place to be. And I appreciate you being here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina.
1: Well, it's always a pleasure, Dwayne. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. We'll be right back. this is Marilyn Ball, your host of Speaking of Travel. I'm here at the Travel South USA showcase and it's getting ready to wrap up after two days of really a lot of collaboration, a lot of working together with travel professionals and tour operators, journalism. There's just so much going on here in Myrtle Beach and I'm really excited right now. We just had an incredible lunch. It was hosted by the State of West Virginia, and I'm here right now with Chelsea Ruby. She's the West Virginia Tourism Commissioner. And Chelsea, wow, that's all I can say. That was an amazing luncheon and presentation.
6: Thanks so much. We are so excited to be here today and to host that lunch, which just gave people a little bit of a taste of West Virginia. You know, we showed the videos that let people see what it looked like. We heard the music, and we got to have a little West Virginia cuisine as well.
1: That cornbread was to die for, I'm telling you. And, you know, West Virginia is one of those places we all know the song, Take Me Home, Almost Heaven. But tell us a little bit about West Virginia, because it is a little gem, right, tucked in to the mountains. It's, it's really an awesome place.
6: It is. West Virginia for too long has been one of the... Best kept secrets um, of the East Coast. It, it's really phenomenal. No matter what you want to do on vacation, um, whether it's outdoor recreation or just you know luxurious accommodations, we've got it in West Virginia. And no matter you know which part of the state you're in or what you're doing, you're going to be surrounded by those beautiful mountains. Well, Chelsea,
1: let me ask you this: You've been involved with Travel South USA for a while. Give us some idea of the benefits that you find as a a state commissioner working together with this organization.
6: Yeah, so Travel South. I've been um, working with the organization for about two years, and when I first came into it, I really didn't know what to expect. But what I found is that um, our group, the Southern States, really works together, not to advance our own individual interests um, as states, but really when we come together, we're here to promote the South. So whether it's giving advice to one another on you know things that work things that don't work or um, you know on the international side of things we advertise as a group come to the south come visit the south Um, so it's just been um, a great experience over the last two years to really see how working together we can achieve more you know it's the rising tides lift all boats and this organization really is proof that that is true.
1: Well, that is what I've been hearing over and over, that collaboration, working together actually works. And when you let go of that notion of competition and rather work together so that uh, everybody has a little skin in the game is a benefit to all, right?
6: Yeah, absolutely. And especially, like I mentioned, you know, on the international side of things, when folks come here from other countries, they want to visit multiple states. They want to go on road trips. So working together, we're able to really put together these itineraries that show people the best of the South.
1: So what do you see? I know there's been just so much change in the uh, way the travel industry operates, in the way that consumers and travelers make uh, make their plans. Trends change. How do you see the travel and tourism industry, let's say, in the next five years?
6: You know, it's interesting, even um, in the two years that I've been in this position, to see how things change. Um, and now there's so much that's coming on board um, with google searches you know the hey alexa where should i go on vacation Um, we're all wanting to get on those lists um, all the way down to um, virtual reality you know there's a lot coming online i think there's stuff we don't even know about um, but all of these are tools that if we use them the right way we can reach more customers we can tell more stories to the people who want to hear them
1: well, thank you so much. And let us know how can we get more information about West Virginia?
6: I would love to do that. You can visit our website at wvtourism.com.
1: Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Chelsea.
6: Thank you. I appreciate it.
1: This is Marilyn Ball. We'll be back. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball. I'm back here in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. It is a beautiful day again. Blue skies, lovely breeze. I feel like I'm in a little tropical vacation right here in South Carolina. I'm here for the Travel South USA showcase, the domestic showcase, and it has been a uh, a couple of days of activity and people working together and laughing together and just so much camaraderie and collaboration. And I'm here now with Kristen Branscombe. She's the Kentucky Tourism Commissioner. And I am so excited because I have learned so much about
4: Kentucky these past few days. Oh, well, thanks for having me, and I'm so glad you've learned about the Bluegrass State and, uh, you know, everything that we have to offer, and I think you've chatted with some of our our fine people, too, and, you know, I always say that's our best selling point right there. It is. The people
1: I've met have been so hospitable and just so warm and welcoming, and, you know, one thing I just never knew about Kentucky, you talk about the Bluegrass State, but there's so much more. Tell us a little bit about Kentucky.
4: Well, I mean, obviously, I'm pretty biased, uh, because that's my home state, and I'm selling in my home state. But I call Kentucky the quintessential American state because you can really, there's nine regions in our state. You can go from the flatlands and the riverlands in the west. You can go to the cave region in south central Kentucky, the southern lakes. Of course, you've got the rolling hills of the bluegrass and horse country. You've got Louisville in your metropolitan area. Then you go to northern Kentucky and it's this German-influenced flair. And then we have the Appalachian Mountains in the east. So really, you can come to Kentucky, have a full American experience, everything that you want to do right in one state. Wow. And it's really easy to get to from so,
1: so many states. I mean, you can literally just, uh, it's like a day's drive.
4: Right. I think it's 75% of the U.S. population is in a day's drive of Kentucky. And, you know, we're fantastic if you just want to do a quick weekend trip, long weekend trip. Of course, we'll keep you for a week or a month, whatever you'd like to stay with us. But uh, really easy, great interstate system. And then, you know, we've got a lot of fantastic back roads to explore and to see some great beauty, just no matter where you are in the state. Well, it sounds like one visit just is not
1: going to be enough. So, Kristen, let me ask you. You've been involved with Travel South USA and, you know, I've talked to a lot of people over these last few days about this organization and uh, the impact that uh, this collaboration has not only uh, for the South, but for each state that is participating. Tell us a little bit about what you get out of being involved with Travel South USA.
4: Well, I mean, I don't even know if I can list all the ways, to be honest with you. Um, from just a state perspective, you know, we're in the state office and we're all so busy. It gives me a great opportunity to go speak with our partners, our attractions, our hoteliers, our CVBs, and to learn what's new, what's coming up, and how we can work together. Because, you know, as they say, we all need to sing from the same hymnal. So if we're all singing and we all know what song to be singing from, then we're, you know, we're we're on our on our way. But... It is so great to learn from other states, and that's what's so great about Travel South and these 12 southern states is everybody wants to help. I mean, technically, we're competitors. We want everybody's market share, but people want to help at the end of the day, and that makes us all stronger. You know, I'm just as likely to sell West Virginia or sell Tennessee in with any of my pitches for Kentucky as I am just strictly kentucky and it's just i don't know it's just really you hate to say it's just all about southern hospitality but that's what it's about you know there's there's nobody that just is all in it for themselves everybody it's just really truly one big happy family and and that's not just saying it to say it it's it's really a real feeling well don't we wish that that could be kind of the mo for how we are as uh, like a global family Oh, gosh, for sure. And I think that's what makes the South so attractive to visitors. You know, people sometimes, you know, they've never been to the Southern region. They're not really sure. They may say, I just really don't know about it. I know the big cities, but I'm not comfortable maybe getting out and exploring. Listen, you're going to be the greatest people in the whole world in the South. And if you have a question, I mean, they're, they're just as likely to say, come on and eat with us, have dinner with us, or let me buy you a bourbon, a good Kentucky bourbon, and just sit down, let's talk. And, you know, where do you want to go, what you want to do? And, they might just take you and, you know, be your own, uh, your tour guide. And so I think that's the great thing about the South. It's just a feeling of comfort in anybody that comes to the South. You're going to leave feeling like family.
1: Well, that is truly what the south is about and you know i tell people who listen to speaking of travel having a travel experience does not necessarily mean that you have to get on a plane and fly to southeast asia i mean a lot of people do that here in in our country we can just drive south and you are like in another country i mean you've got just in these last few days being around these 12 states that are represented so many different food cultures and drinks and cocktails and they're all there there's so much history talk a little
4: bit about that You know, that's uh, a lot of people say, oh, southern food. It's all kind of one note. It's this or that. And speaking just from Kentucky, um, we have nine regional meals. So just for example, we talk about soup, beans and cornbread in eastern Kentucky in the mountains, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners are aware of. And that comes from coal camps, people trying to stretch a dollar. But you can go to any diner, any restaurant in eastern Kentucky, get soup, beans and cornbread. Um, They're always on the menu. And then there's fried fish, of course, in the lake regions and country hay. You know, we've got country ham in western Kentucky, the largest country ham production, uh, us in, you know, Tennessee. We've got Asian carp that we're fixing over in western Kentucky to try to eradicate that species. And talking about northern Kentucky, the German influence, Geta. You know, we've got Geta, we've got beer cheese and central Kentucky. So all parts of even just Kentucky is influenced by that region and buy, you know, their access to local foods or just kind of their own history and who migrated and started living there. And I think you find that truly with every Southern state, these pockets of just, I I think that's kind of the interesting thing about Southerners. I think they're all craftsmen at heart. And whether that's in your bourbon, whether that's in your food and what you prepare, it's all about the story and taking just great care of whatever it is you're producing. That is what the South is about.
1: I'll tell you, it's, it's America. And, and I think we have kind of lost touch a little bit with what's going down in our country. But to go back and visit Kentucky and South Carolina, North Carolina, all these wonderful states that are represented here at Travel South USA is truly like taking a step back in time. And it, it's it, although time continues to march on, there are things that are just set in time. And speaking of time, where do you see, there's been so much change happening over the last couple of years, trends are changing, the way people travel is changing, where do you see the travel industry going, let's say, in the next five years?
4: What I hope happens is everybody takes a breath. I hope the world takes a breath, and, you know, people say, oh, your accent, you know, we talk a little slow, maybe we make one syllable into three, but... That kind of translates to the travel experience. You know, we just wanna sit back, you know, sit on the porch, watch a beautiful Kentucky or southern sunset, have a good bourbon, and just sit back and talk and reconnect with one another. So I think that's what we find I hope I hope that's where the trends go. And I feel like that's what we're seeing is people just want to reconnect with each other again, go see some and experience some places they never have before. And really get emerged in that culture and not just, you know, looking down at a screen or checking off a list. Just really have a thoughtful experience. And I I feel like that's where we're going to go in the next five years. And I certainly hope that's so. Because, like you said, we all just need to, again, just, just take a beat, sit back, and enjoy what is right in front of us. And... My goodness, there's no gorgeous, more gorgeous landscapes, vistas, and scenes than in, in the southern part of the U.S. That is so true. I mean, we are so blessed with uh, the natural resources that are
1: here right in our backyard, and um, and I and I agree with you. I think it's time for people to just sit on that veranda, put their feet up. You know, look out at a beautiful sunset, drink a little bourbon. I loved the uh, film that was shown yesterday with, I just never knew about the history of bourbon and how earthy it is and how many generations have been a part of
4: that craft. You know, that's what, again, a lot of people don't realize, you know, they think, you know, you look at a lot of the back of a bar and you're just like, oh, it's just spirits, just a drink. Uh, with bourbon, it's pretty much every distillery is all about family. It's multi-generational. And in, in Kentucky, everything goes back to our water. You know, that's what makes Kentucky bourbon so great is limestone underneath the, our our earth. Filtrates that water so we have clean pure water which also makes for great bluegrass to that's why we have great thoroughbred horses so everything you know goes back to water and i think kentuckians really appreciate that and know that the water truly is our lifeblood for our entire state Uh, and where that's growing gardens crops our lakes rivers and streams and then going back to to the drink but you know i I think once you really understand the story of bourbon and understand how much goes into literally every bottle, it's very thoughtful. You know, you're not supposed to chug it, you're not supposed to take a shot of it. You're supposed to sit back again, take a sip, you know, taste that charred oak, taste that, those caramel notes and just really kind of think, man, my goodness, this is craftsmanship in a bottle.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. I am so looking forward to taking that Kentucky Bourbon Trail tour, getting over there to that state. And I have to say, being here for these last couple of days with Travel South USA, it's like a 50-year organization that has truly set the tone for exactly what you're saying about the southern states. Working together, creating community, being Uh, being hospitable and friendly they are truly setting the tone for all of you all of of the states that are represented here and I just want to thank you for taking some time today and, and being on Speaking of Travel and you know I wish you the best of luck as we move forward and I am looking forward to sitting on that veranda well, thank you so much. And I can't wait to share bourbon with you and to all of your listeners. Well, this is Marilyn Ball, and you've been listening to Speaking of Travel on location at the Travel South USA Domestic Showcase in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. There have been over 700 tourism professionals gathered here for collaborative meetings, all with the goal of delivering more visitors to the South. And you know why? Because the South really rocks. And I'll tell you, it It has been a pleasure catching up with some of the travel and tourism partners over the course of this marketplace to find out more about the oldest, largest, and most respected regional alliance in the U.S. So go out and have a great week, try some new foods, meet some new friends, get in the car and take a road trip right in your own backyard. And remember, life is short, don't postpone joy.